Welcome to Purposely Bossing Up, where we talk about bossing up in business, but we always talk about bossing up in life. Hey y'all, this is your girl T, the host of Purposely Bossing Up. On today's episode, we have Butter B. Rocker. Butter is an international touring artist, songwriter, best-selling author of Fear of Failure, Fear of Not Trying. She is also editor-in-chief of Defiant One's teen magazine, published model, actress, playwright of the stage play, I Cheated, So What, and CEO and founder of the nonprofit Artist Rock, The Mike Foundation. Butter has been diligently putting in work across markets and borders. Butter has redefined the term versatility by showcasing her vocals and composed pieces for the ears in the U.S., U.K., Germany, Holland, Japan, Canada, Portugal, St. Lucia, St. Thomas, St. Kitts, Barbados, Chile, Puerto Rico, Antigua, Africa, and across genres from pop, rock, gospel, country, and rap. Between her background vocals, demo recordings, and stage performances, her resume boosts work and assistance with international superstars, Grammy winners, and performers like Janet Jackson, Akon, TLC, Nas, Rock Group Collective Soul, country singer Zach Brown, Dream, Japanese star Nania Mural, Belgium superstar Sandrine, German artist Vanessa Jean Deadman, and countless other talents across the globe. Butter is a triple threat. You, your one-stop shop. So I present to you all, Butter B. Rocker. Good morning, Butter. Good morning. How are you? I am great. I am great. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast this morning. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. Let's get into this interview. So, of course, this podcast is called Purposely Bossing Up. What is your definition of purpose? Um, purpose is doing something that you absolutely love to do, and it, it it's not even about the money. It's something that you have a passion for. Yes, simple and sweet. And I think the, <laughs> the issue is now is that a lot of people are really trying to um, tune in on what they're really passionate about. But we also have that collective group of people who just out here doing things just because they want to do it or they want to copy off to somebody else. And, and that is where they don't understand that, Life fulfillment doesn't come out of it because you're not supposed to be doing it. Right, right, definitely. So go ahead. What'd you say? I, 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 I believe. Was about I, to say something else. Yeah, I was. I, I, I do believe. You know, it is a lot of people that that um that aren't working, walking in their purpose, mm-hmm. or are they? I mean, it's kind of hard to to say that because they might think it's their purpose, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or it, it might just be a a, a hobby that they want to turn into a purpose uh, mm-hmm. sometimes. And then sometimes they really are just not walking in their purpose. So I, I don't know. It's that's kind of a touchy, you know, a, a, a two way two way sword because mm-hmm. one's idea of one walking in their purpose and their own idea of walking in their purpose may be two different things. So for example, you know. Um, uh, somebody that a rapper trying to trying to get on that's had that dream ever since they was a kid, you know, even though they might not be where they are, where they want to be, mm-hmm. uh, they still have the heart 
and gut to get out there every day to to go after their dreams. You know, right? So yeah, it's it's something that is, is it takes time, and people think it happens overnight. And people definitely think it happens <sighs> overnight. Everybody who's <laughs> we young. Yeah, everybody you see, everybody you see that's, that's that Grammy winner and all that type of stuff, oh, they definitely did the walk. <laughs> right, okay. And they did a lot, a lot of walking and, and a lot of trials and tribulations. And it's, it's just so many components. And that's why I created this platform so I can have that time to talk with people so they can be more transparent and be able to talk about those, you know, those obstacles that they went through to get where they are today. Absolutely. So if you could describe yourself in one word, what would it be and why? Hmm. One word. I guess in one word, it would be humble. And the reason it would be humbled is because I've had, um, I've been to the point where I have worked with all these major, major, major artists and done all these major fantastic shows and been to all these places, but I'm still not where I want to be at. And I'm humbled by every experience that I, um, that I have. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people, um, some people will, like, contact me or they'll, you know, inbox me or something. They're like, oh, my gosh, I think you're doing amazing things, and I definitely want to be like you when I grow up. That's our infamous line. I want to be like you mm-hmm. when I grow up. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, little old me, um, I'm still learning. Like, you know, like, this is still a process. I'm still not where I want to be, you know, but I know I'm yeah. on the road to getting there, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't foresee things that's going to happen, whether it's good or bad, but I know I'm on that road. So I'm like, right. hey, I mean, you can come on. You, you can you can shadow or you can – I can be a mentor. We can set something up, but don't try to get in my way for me to get knocked off the path because people does, do have a way of um, pushing you off the road that you're supposed to be on. And then you start making decisions that you know you're not comfortable with or you start seeing strange things and all that right. kind of mess. So people, you have to be careful on who you invite into your circle and who, who you take um, even advice from. People, you know, some people, a lot of people have alternative motives and you can't see it because they wear it so well. Absolutely. Your circle should definitely be people that are on the same, um, that have the same passions and drives as you do and also um, people that are doing the things that you want to do, you know, because right. you'll learn from them. Yes, it's all a learning experience, all a learning experience. So can you tell Absolutely. our listeners, can you tell our listeners, like, the backstory on how you became Butter B. Rocket out here in the real world <laughs> um, and uh, how you got inspired to do what you do today? Well, I can tie all of that into one um I I started singing. I started singing when I was about four. When I saw um, Diana Ross on TV, uh, mm-hmm. and I thought I was gonna, you know, my idea was I was gonna be the next Diana Ross. So I went and got my little wooden spoon, threw on my bow <laughs> and my pretty dress, and came downstairs and was singing. And you couldn't tell me nothing, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I started um, taking it really serious um, when I moved to Tampa, and um, we formed me and my cousins. We formed a, a girl group called None Other Like This, N-O-L-T. And um, we started doing a lot of um, talent shows and everything. Started getting spanked. You know, when you're brand new, you you, you got to learn. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we started, mm-hmm. we would get beat at first. But then um, every time we got beat, it, it's, those losses aren't losses. Those are learning moments. So every time we got beat, um, we would get back um, at the house and, and work on those vocals and work on dance routines and making sure we look polished because the 
um, other groups that were out there, they were polished, you know. Right. And so uh, as we began perfecting our craft, uh, we began making a, a good name for ourselves. Fast forward, we ended up moving to Atlanta. We was working with Bobby Brown's camp and also working with Usher. He had just got his record deal. And mm-hmm. um, and they wanted me to go solo. I didn't want to go solo because I was the baby of the crew. And um, we finally we finally did uh, well. I finally did go solo. The girls we we all went our separate ways eventually, and I did go solo. And I had um, two deals on the table: one with Warner Brothers and one with Sony. And during that time frame, I got into a car accident, which left me drinking from a straw for six months. Oh wow. um, Yeah, it was it was really crazy, and it took me a year to come back out. It was actually Acon that um, gave me the push to come back out because, like, when you have stitches in your mouth <laughs> and everything, it, I think it's more mental than anything. You start to think mm-hmm. you can't sing anymore. And um, right. he was like, you know, sis, you tripping. You got you to just go for it. And so I went back out there, and the deals were no longer on the table. Warner had revamped, and Sony had um, signed somebody else. And, of course, as a, as a teen... 18 years old, and that's all you ever wanted to do was sing. You, your world is completely crushed, you know. Right, absolutely. So, yeah, so that was a bit. It was it was real hard for me. I I don't think I went through a depression, but I I didn't know who I was at that moment because you know again that was all I ever wanted to do was be on somebody's stage and be the superstar. Uh, so wow. you know it was a big process. It took me a few years. I um got married, kids the whole nine yard college and stuff like that. And I would just do backgrounds in the studio for TLC and other people. And um, that's how the name came about. They still called me brother in Tampa because they said I had a really soft, smooth voice. And then when mm-hmm. I moved up to Atlanta um, doing backgrounds for TLC, they started calling me B-Rocker in the studio. So um, about, it took me almost 10 years after I um, had the car accident to, mm-hmm. to finally uh, decide to push my own project. And when I did, I decided to come out with Butter B. Rocker as the name um, wow. and everything. So it was, I mean, it was a lot of, it was a lot of stuff going on. Because, <laughs> you know, to go from the background to the forefront, that was a, a, a big transition. Um, to go from having two deals on the table to not having anything, that was a transition that mentally was hard for me to deal with because, again, I was a teenager. And then, and then you know, 10 years later, I finally decided to come out. I come out with this project on my mm-hmm. own, of course, as an independent artist, it's harder because you don't have, you know, the label behind you. You don't have the money right. like that. And it takes a lot of money to really get out there the way you want to get out there. But the best I could do was do the best I could do. So I wanted to make sure I presented myself uh, how I felt or uh, how I seen my, my own self. And so I got the best of what I could buy, you know, to get my, my project done from my production mm-hmm. to um my my graphics, everything, I wanted to make sure everything looked sharp and looked really good. So I ended up um I ended up getting the first project out and um CSAC as a songwriter you're either with CSAC, ASCAP or BMI. And I was with I was transitioning from BMI to CSAC and they put me on the Christmas show, which was a major, major plug for me. Um not only did they put me on their Christmas show, they put me in the um CSAC 
magazine that comes out quarterly that and it was talking about who's up next as uh, the next big you know singer and stuff like that um oh. which goes to over 10 million people so that was really oh, wow. really big yeah and from the CSAC situation that put me um at Centennial Park here in Atlanta and my first show, my first big show was 5,000 people. So I had to wow. make sure, of course, yeah, with my band. So I had to make sure, of course, that I came out correct, you know. So I had the the um, background singers, dancers, horn section. I had a five-piece band because, you know, you got a big stage. You got to make sure that yeah. big stage looks like a big stage, you know. So I worked it, and um, I got off stage, and Maybe maybe 10 minutes later, a guy that had been talking to me back and forth online came to see the show, and he offered me um, a, a job going overseas with his band um, singing over in Africa. And I'm oh, like, wow. wow. Yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll definitely do it. But I had some stipulations, and the stipulations were um, for me to be able to do some of my own songs as well, you know, because he wanted me to sing with his band. So I needed to be able to do some of my own songs, and I wanted to be able to bring over some of my um, people from my band. And so he said, okay. And I went over to Africa twice um, in Addis Ababa, which is in Ethiopia. I was there for six months, mm. three months at each time. And that experience completely changed my life. Like, I've never been around so many talented people and seen so many beautiful sights than I had in Africa. And, I mean, that really just led to all of the other steps that happened in all of the other places that I've been since then. But that's a that's a... Uh, a quick summary <laughs> of what wow. happened to me. <laughs> that's so amazing and it's dope. Like, you know, that's that that is decent. And you know, I always tell people, especially being a creative, I can literally sit in my living room and come up with twenty ideas for something. And yes. I can't be the one to execute all of them tomorrow. I always right. tell everybody is a timing for everything. Just because you think of something today does not, but it does not mean that it's supposed to be executed tomorrow. It can be executed a year from now, five right. six years from now, a week from now. So you just never know. The timing is is it plays a huge part in um, trying to figure out your purpose and also the steps that you take in order to get fulfillment in your purpose. So yeah, that timing was perfect. Even though you had to wait a while, the good thing was that. You didn't give up, you know, even though, you know, like you said, being an independent artist is hard because you don't have the backing from a major label. And you still went on. You did what you had to do. Somebody gave you a platform. You performed, and then somebody else gave you an opportunity. So everything worked out the way it was supposed to. Definitely. And last year, December 14th of last year, I ended up injuring myself, dancing, getting ready for a show that was in um, a hard no, it it was over in it was over in uh Qatar. I'm sorry, Qatar. Okay. That's over near Dubai. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up not being able to go because I I hurt myself. I ended up having a torn meniscus, a torn ACL, and mm. I dislocated my shoulder. Had no range of motion in my shoulder. Mm. Um, it went. Let me just put it this way: I, I injured myself in December, and I but I still had a contract over in Chile and Mexico that I had to do. So I didn't end up having the surgery until April. At that time, I had a partial tear. But after doing those two shows, pushing myself to finish mm-hmm. those shows, it ended up going from it being a partial tear to a full tear, which made my recovery time 
go from six week recovery time to a whole year. Mm. So you know I was devastated. I had the surgery this April, April fourth. Right. I I I woke up to them telling me that they had that it was a full tear because they wasn't going to know for sure until they was actually inside of my knee doing the surgery. So I literally woke up crying to find out it's going to take me a whole year to get back on my feet. And of course, like if all you've ever done for so many years is been on stage and performing and that's your bread and butter. I had so many things going through my mind, like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? You yeah. know, I, I went through, like, a little depression. But the good thing is I was surrounded by so much love in my life and, and my family and friends that they helped me immediately shift um, my mindset. And um, there, I had a phone call, um, mm-hmm. Les Brown called me, mm-hmm. um, who's a big motivational speaker and everything that a lot of everybody knows. Uh, but he called me on the phone and he was telling me this is the day of my surgery. He called and told me, you know, this is, um, I might think this is a setback, but this is a setup for what's next in my life. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so many other people was pouring into me, but all of it, you know, really helped me stay the course. So what I had to do was since I injured myself, I needed to find other hustles and everything. Just so mm-hmm. happened that um, I did a show in Florida one day, and there was this guy, this millionaire there that was speaking, and he was telling everybody, you know, write your story, write your story, tell, you know, let people know, you know, about you and everything, write a book. And so I went over to Hawaii. I was in Hawaii, and before we stayed four extra days because there was a storm. And during those four days, I wrote a book. And my book came out in April. It came out, well, okay. my pre-order of my book came out in April. So at that time, who would have thought that my book, you know, that I would have came up with a book. My book ended up going bestseller um, and Amazon's best new release um, within seven hours of me releasing it. Wow. During my pre, wow. during my pre, yeah, this was during my pre-orders. So my actual book didn't come out till May, but I did my pre-order, um, and it went live on April 1st. So, you know, that was a big, that was a big, like, oh my God. So since I injured myself, I've had a book that came out and then I started writing um, for different magazines and mm-hmm. my two teenage boys came up to me and they was like, well, why don't we do our own magazine? And I said, well, what do y'all have in mind? And then um, they wanted to, to create a teen magazine. Mm-hmm. So we created this um, teen magazine called Defiant Ones Teen Magazine where they focus on not only, you know, the superstar and the, the latest fashion of teens and young adults, but they start talking about, uh, they start highlighting various um, kid entrepreneurs or teen entrepreneurs and uh, talking about school and college and talking about finances uh um, for teens and young adults because they don't even think about, you know, their financial right. Uh, right literacy. Um, they talked about bullying. They address a lot of issues that the schools don't talk about that teens really do have problems with. And yeah. um, their first cover was Nova from um, the rap game. And um, their second cover was the Backpack Kid. So the next cover is about to come out this month, actually, before okay. the end of the year. That gave me something to do as well. So between the book and this, and then uh, now that it's been several months, I'm still not 100%. I won't get 
fully released until April, so I can't okay. like do the heavy, heavy tours yet. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, ironically, I got called in April to perform, but I had just had my surgery and I couldn't do it. And I told the people, "I'm sorry, I can't. I can't." I can't um, perform. I didn't tell them that I hurt myself, but I told them I wasn't right. able to do their date. But ironically, in August, they called me again. Oh, um, now, in August, I'm, I'm a lot stronger. And they was right. like, this is going to be our last show uh, for the, the season. And uh, we've had so many people request to have you perform. we got to have you on the show. Well, it was with Angie Stone. SWV, Kiki Wyatt, Lil G, and um, Q from 112. So it's mm-hmm. perfect, <laughs> you know. It ends up being a perfect show that I got to be on, and then that led to other shows. So I've been able to do some shows, um, mm-hmm. just not, just not um, the shows where I have to dance. Because usually my shows, my big shows, are. I mean, I do choreography. I do, you know, I dance. I'm a, I'm a right. singer dancer type. So I can't do those type yet. But um, I was able to have some um, some of my girlfriends who uh, sing and dance too. They backed me up and they right. did some routines. I got to do a little walking and some little hand movements and stuff. But you know, it's hard when when you see everybody else jamming oh, on stage yeah. and you can't even you can't, <laughs> you can't give it to them. <laughs> oh my god! So, yeah. So a lot of stuff has been going on, but um. The, the the message of all of that is even though I couldn't do what my purpose is, I'm finding out that I have more than one purpose. And mm-hmm. all of it is still all of it is still being creative and you never know which one is going to open up that particular door. Um, I just finished my uh my first project since I injured okay. myself, my single uh, Promised Land came out two weeks ago. Um, nice. I'm at 30, thank you, I'm at 31,000 uh, streams on Spotify. And again, this is just been in two weeks and for independent, that's big. And my music video for the song comes out this Monday. Awesome. Oh, yeah. We're going to be tuning in. We're going to be tuning in. Definitely. Oh, my gosh. That is amazing. That that is just honestly amazing. And like I said, it shows that you are super determined despite any, you know, setbacks. Like we said, it is the setup for something great yeah. and amazing. And I'm glad you were there and able to receive those things with open arms and do the best of your ability and still be able to be successful in everything that you I have. Appreciate That's amazing. That. that is amazing. So who was, like, your role model or mentor growing up, and has it changed over the years? Um, I've always loved, loved, loved Brandy. I think that she is so, so dope. I like Chrisette Michelle. I, I love um, Joe. His penmanship is, is, is awesome. And I also like Tink. Those are my top yes, four. Tink. Hey, Tink. Yeah. Yeah. No, Tink. Tink. Oh, pink. Oh, okay. That's what you yeah. said, pink. But I like pink, too. Now, pink, pink is pink is no joke. She's really dope, though. Yes. I'm like, I'll pink. Yeah, pink. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about the Artists at Rock the Mic Foundation? Yes, yes, yes. Um, Artist Rock the Mic Foundation um, was created about five years ago. Again, as you guys know, I do a lot of shows um, and everything. And I was approached by a young lady that uh, 
told me that she was homeless and um but she also told me that she went to college and well she was in college she was a, a straight a student and and i'm like okay you're a straight a student you go to college you got a scholarship but you homeless huh <laughs> you know it didn't make any sense to me so Upon further talking to her and everything, found out that she went to Kennesaw State. There is a program there called the CARE program that um, mm -hmm. one of the ladies that uh, works with Artist Rock Mike uh, introduced me to her. Um, her name is Marcy, and she handles the CARE division for Kennesaw State. There's currently 1,100 students that are homeless. Um, mm. And they uh, so what happens is they have academic and athletic scholarships that they give to kids. But it, uh, not all of them cover your room and board and food and stuff like that. It depends on what type of, um, what type of, um, scholarship you get. So right. can, can you imagine being in school trying to maintain your grades and not having a roof over your head? A lot of the kids were oh couch hopping and couch hopping is where you go from dorm to dorm, staying, you know, sleeping on each other's couches or they were mm -hmm. sleeping in their cars. So my organization, um, again, I was already doing shows anyway, so I just took something that I was already doing and, and turned it into helping other people. So whereas I would get paid for these particular shows, I started doing shows for free where mm -hmm. I was still charging people at the door or, or having right. them bring in um, donations. So we would do a, a coat drive, singing for a clause, where we would bring in coats and blankets and we would, um, the blankets would go to the blankets would go to um, the men and, and women that were underneath the bridges and stuff like that because like when they mm -hmm. give out when they give out um, clothes and food and stuff like that they go to a general area that a lot of homeless people would be in but they don't right. go they usually don't go to the bridges or you know to the places that are a little less known um, right. so we wanted to make sure that we covered places that um, normal that they normally wouldn't have helped. Um, right. Mm -hmm. We collected over 2,000 water bottles. We've collected. We've done so many things, scarves and various things for the cancer patients and uh, helping them get back and forth to their cancer treatment. Just a lot of different things that uh, the organization has done, and I've partnered up with not only. Um, um, independent artists, which, you know, I'm, I'm big on independent artists because I believe it, but right. independent artists are just independent because they just haven't had the money, uh, to get out there the way the, mm -hmm. uh, the, the majors have. But there's really, to me, not a big, big difference between the two, except the opportunities. So I merged the independent along with the majors, um, to do some of my shows and everything. And we've been helping a lot of people. Um, I, uh, I, I graduated in May myself. Uh, I went back yes, to college. Congratulations. Uh, yes. Thank you. I graduated, um, in marketing and public relations and I was the first black president for the Golden Key High Honor Society. So I graduated oh, wow. magna cum laude and as the first black president. And it was very hard because again, I had just injured myself and I went through my last two, my last two courses were while I was hurt, <laughs> you know, with, wow. with my knee and everything. So it was really tough um, taking my capstone, especially my, my final capstone, because mm -hmm. that was that was literally when I had had my surgery. Oh, wow. <laughs> mm -hmm. And they, they said I was, um, they wanted me to, you know, I had to walk across stage, of course, 
and mm-hmm. uh, but I was using a walker, and I was determined not to have to use a walker. And the uh, doctors was like, "Well, you know, you'll only have a month before you graduate, so you're gonna have to use a walker." And I said, "I'm I'm absolutely not walking across the stage with a walker. I'm just too cool for that." <laughs> so they wheelchair right. They wheelchaired me in. They wheelchaired me into the stadium. I was the first person they wheelchaired in, and um, I mean everybody was just going crazy, right? And and then um, they took me on the wheelchair up the ramp, and I walked with a cast on my leg. I walked across the stage, and I walked very slow. I was very wobbly, but I was determined <laughs> to walk across the stage, mm-hmm. and I walked, and and the crowd went crazy. Cause I was determined, man. You have to have, you have to make it in your mind what's going to happen and just go for it. <laughs> and I was That's determined right. to walk across that stage. But oh I brought up the college thing to say I couldn't imagine um, maintaining my grades uh, of my A and not having a place to stay or not having food in my stomach. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or trying to figure out where that next meal is going to come from. How you going to get some heat? It's cold. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. All of those things, all of those things came in mind when um, I started the nonprofit, but it hit me even harder when I went back to college myself because then you can, it, it gives a, a bigger perspective of yeah. you relating to it, you know. So I'm glad that um, my organization has been able to help a lot of people. Um, this year, however, with my, with my own you know, surgery going on. I haven't done as much with the artist Rastamite this year because it was a little tough for me um, yeah. to get out there um, and perform, perform. But I got a lot of big stuff uh, coming up for 2020. Yes, and we are going to be here for it, okay? Absolutely. <laughs> so if you could give your younger self a piece of advice, what would it be? It, it really would be to keep going um, and that you don't have to it doesn't matter what someone else thinks of you because for a, a lot of a long time I let the whole oh you've gotten older oh you're a mother now oh you know you're not cute enough you're not good enough all that type of stuff got to me and that's what put me in the background you know after I lost mm. after I uh, had my car accident and the deals were no longer on the table I had so many of my friends. Uh, blow up to be these mega, mega, mega stars. And mm-hmm. not that anybody has to turn around and reach back up, but nobody reached back up. And, and that mentally was hard for me to deal with because I'm like, yo, we grew up together. You know, I, again, not that I expect you to, but you know, it, right. you would think, you would think that they would. And so when they didn't, it, it made you think, okay, well, there's something wrong with me. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I was good enough then, but I'm not good enough now. And that that messes with your mind or plays tricks with your mind. Well, maybe I am supposed to just be in the background. Well, maybe I am just supposed to do this because I was I was relying on how other people viewed me. But once I got out of that stage of no, you know, how they view me is how they view me. But that's not who I am. And right. I start defining who I am. Once I started doing that, then things just started, you know, going the way they were supposed to go. But when you have a hindrance of letting what society thinks of you get into your mind, it can hinder you. It can stop you. It can make you go completely off track, make Mm -hmm. you make, you know, some decisions that you never would have made because you're trying to please other people. 
So that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. People are crazy. People are crazy. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But can you tell our listeners about any upcoming events or projects? Or of course, the ones that you can tell us about. If anything is a secret, don't even mention it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going over to Africa soon. Um, the song that I created, Promised Land, is out currently right now. Um, my music video comes out on Monday. And um, please go and support it. But the song was inspired um, last April. I got called to perform for the Prime Minister of Bahamas. And the lady that hired me, she called me. She was doing a um, this African tour where they're merging uh, these kingdoms. So there's four different kings that are going to become unified. And they're having this big um, tour um, to signify this. And they're bringing all these you know, other prestigious leaders and everything that's going to be coming there. So I created this song called Promised Land to reflect what the conference and meetings are going to be about. So it's talking about everybody being royalty and it's talking about unity and various things like that. What I'm super excited about is that I went even farther with the video because with the video that I'm going to present on Monday, I... Um, of course, you would automatically think I'm going to do a music video strictly about Africa, but I decided to uh, have the music video reflect all different types of royalty. So everybody is royalty, you know. Um, it doesn't matter where you came from, you know. So I have my friends from Ghana, my friends from, um, Lord, I just got blank. But I had all these different, I had all these various uh, nationalities uh, come together to be a part of this video. And I'm super excited. You're going to see all different shades of color, all different nationalities, you know, in the video. And, again, it's reflecting that everybody is royalty. Because, again, who who says that one race is, is, is more than another? You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. So That's I right. wanted to make sure that I showed this in this video. So super excited about that. That's coming out. And um, the tour, um, the tour dates uh, have been changing um, with the various King schedules. So, I don't have a I don't have a exact date, but it's now um, supposed to be in March. So. Okay, awesome, awesome. Those are two major major great. things right now. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it's going to be so amazing. How can our listeners find you on social media? They can find me on all social media at Butter B Rocka. That is B U T T A B as in boy R O C K A Butter B Rocka. Um, from YouTube to my website, everything is Butter B Rocka. And again, the single is about to come. The single has came out already. Promise Land has came out. Um, the music video drops on Monday the twenty third, December twenty third. So. Awesome. So before we leave, can you give our listeners one piece of advice in regards to bossing up, not just in business, but in life? Bossing up in life is taking that first step and just going for it. Yes. Just keep going. Everybody, just keep going. Just keep going. You never know what the end of the result is going to be if you stop. Exactly. You know what's so important. You know, the thing is, is, um, you know how, like, we're always – looking at the end result of what we want to do, you know, mm-hmm. and because we're not where we want to be, we don't stop to smell the roses, sort of, um, to see all of the small steps that we have mm-hmm. taken. Those small steps are accomplishments on their own. And so what I recommend you do is 
to get a book, and I, I have a book that every year um, I'll put, you know, whatever year it is, and every every small milestone that I that I've accomplished, I put it in there because when I'm feeling down or when I'm feeling like I haven't done anything, I can go in there and look and say, oh yeah, I did do this this show, and I did do this, and I did get called to perform here, and I did get, and then you start to see that no, you're doing some things. You might not be where you want to be. True, but but that you have definitely made some moves, and I can also tell you this: even those major major stars, they still have goals set on something else that they want to acquire because we are all put on this earth to grow. That's right. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I thank you for having me. I know yeah. I gave you a lot. <laughs> no, listen, this is what it's all about. I want people to be able to you know, um, serve as a sponge and just take in all this information. And even if it doesn't apply to them, they can be able to give this information to someone that they may know, you know. So it's not always being a listener thinking everything that someone says is about you. It can be for you to be a deliverer to give it to someone else. So Yeah, very I, true. I, I, think, I thank you so much for being on here today. I hope everyone, you know, was writing down gems that you were dropping, any advice that you were giving, how they can reach you on social media. I hope everybody views the video on Monday. Um, you know, listen or purchase her um, song, Promise Land, and be prepared for what she has in store for 2020 because I know it's going to be great. So with that being said, I hope everyone has an amazing day and continue to boss up with purpose. Thank you for listening to this episode of Purposely Bossing Up. Continue to keep bossing up with purpose.